Welcome to sermons from First Alliance Church, equipping you to become a fully devoted and faithfully engaged disciple of Jesus. Here's today's message. Thank you for continuing with us here today. My name is Pastor Timis Redaren. Thank you to our worship team, to Pastor Nikki as well as Suresh for your testimony and bringing us into Scripture. Today's sermon title is actually a little bit odd. We're in the fourth week of our series on Advent, and today our service is about peace in the midst of our conflict. Now, when we think about peace in the midst of our conflict, we usually think that peace happens after a conflict is over. The war that continues in Yemen, there will be peace once the war is over. If our parents are fighting and there's conflict in our home, there will be peace when? When they stop fighting. If there's our workplace is going through strife and stress, there will be peace when that toxic manager or employee is removed from the situation. Yet today, I'm so thankful that we're spending time in Isaiah chapter 9. And as we prepare in our last week for Advent, for the coming Jesus, I think as we spend time in Scripture, we will see how even in the midst of conflict, we can experience peace. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll be suspending some time in Scripture here. This is a beautiful text spoken uh, and preached by Isaiah 700 plus years before the coming Messiah, a word pointing to the Jesus who would come one day and save his people. And as we look at this text, I think two main points will emerge. The first is that we can experience peace in the midst of conflict, And the second is that true peace can only be understood in light of the cross. So join with us. For the people of Israel, quite frankly, they're surrounded by conflict. And I don't even know how they would experience peace in the midst of it. The the kingdom of Israel has been broken in two, and the southern tribe of Judah is trying to stay faithful to God in the midst of a lot of turbulence and distress. You have the northern tribe of Israel forming an alliance with another, uh, with another king to attack them. You have the superpowers of Assyria, the superpower of Babylon pressing in, as well as the old foe of Egypt attacking from the south. To the people of Israel, I don't even know how they could experience peace when their imminent death was upon them. Today, in the midst of this year, 2020, in, in light of COVID-19, I mean, we've kind of gone through the same disruption in our lives. For some of us, it's the lack of job security. For others of us, it's the fact that we've, we've, we lack the finances to care for our family. For some of us, we work on the front lines, and day after day, we're, we're, there's just stress upon us as we continue to serve a crisis that continues to go. It almost seems like there will be no end in sight. For others of us, there's the stress of family responsibility, the health of our parents, the health of ourselves, the health of our kids, or the fact that if our kid gets sick and can't go to school, we have to take a day off work and lose income and are not able to care for our family. In all honesty, it's hard to feel like there's peace or that we can have peace in the midst of this conflict. I mean, for me, when it comes to COVID-19, I almost just want to kind of wrestle it and tackle it to the ground. And inside my heart, I'm saying, once this is over, once this is under control, as if I can control this, we will have peace. 
Like, everyone just stay in your house so case counts go down so, we can, so I can live peacefully. Or, or let's get this vaccine out and so everyone can be vaccinated so we can kind of resume life as it once was. What I realize is there's a subtle belief in my heart, a lie. And that's simply this, that peace can only be experienced after this pandemic is over. And I'm sure the Israelites who were going through this difficult time as their neighbors were pressing in on them would have said the same thing. We'll only experience peace once this, a Savior comes in, overthrows our enemies, and restores us to power. Let's look at the text, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5. Verse 5 reads, Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. You know, the idea of getting rid of your battle boots in the midst of war would seem foolish to a people surrounded by their enemies. You know, quite frankly, even if you didn't want to fight, a fight was going to come your way. You know, if there was a bully at school picking on you, I'd say at least bring your shoes so that you could at least run away from the situation. To get rid of your boots or your military equipment it was almost a symbol of what was to come. It was that peaceful times were ahead. As we look at verse 6 and 7, it would be safe to say that people would have assumed that this child would grow up, overthrow the government, and then and only then there would be peace for the people of Judah. Verse 6 reads, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The people of Israel probably assumed that this coming Messiah whoever it would be, would rise up, overthrow the governments of the day, and issue in an era of peace. Yet as we look at the Christmas story, as we look at the life of Jesus, is that what happened? Not really. Jesus was born into conflict. At that time, though, the oppressive Roman government was over the people. Yet even in his birth, King Herod issued a decree to kill all the babies two years old and under to get rid of Jesus. And Jesus' family had to flee from their own land just to escape a murderous king. Not only was he born into conflict, he lived his life in the midst of conflict. When he preached in the synagogue one day, the people tried to push him over the edge of a cliff. His entire life is lived as more and more people gang up against him so that they could crucify and kill him. He lived in the middle of conflict. He died and rose from the grave in the midst of conflict. And he even birthed his church through the power of the Spirit, born into conflict. Jesus lived, was born, lived, and died in the midst of conflict. Why is this important? Because Jesus is our peace in the midst of conflict. 
just like he lived through conflict as our Prince of Peace. So whether we ourselves are going through just difficult times in our lives, whether that's, you know, setbacks in our academic studies, you know, failures in our work, or just difficulties and challenges in our employment, whether that's relational brokenness and challenges in our family life, the mental health struggles in our lives or the lives of someone around us, whether that's divorce, battling cancer, or losing a loved one, or just the loneliness that this Christmas season will be in light of COVID-19. Jesus is our peace in the midst of conflict. And we can experience this peace in the midst of our conflict. I think around 15 years ago, I was living overseas, and our family had a rule that if anything major happened to us, we would share with one another so we could pray for each other. No keeping secrets. So one day I got a call, and my mom told me, hey, the doctor thinks I might have cancer. I'm going to go in for a few tests, and we have to wait a couple weeks for these results to come back. I think being thousands of miles away from home, I think the first thing I wanted to do was go home, but that wasn't a possibility. I think when you're going through a difficult time or you have to wait for results, you just want to be around the people you love the most and, you know, just sit by, side by side and journey and pray with one another. So I shared my angst, my worry with my friends and my family close to me, yet nothing could just really uh, settle this anxiety in my heart. Yet one day I picked up the scriptures and I read a passage in Philippians chapter 4 about the peace of God that transcends all understanding. The peace of God that can come upon us even when it makes no sense for us to have peace. And this peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And just in that moment and through the power of scripture by the grace of the Holy Spirit, there's a peace that just came over me. And as I waited that one, two weeks for those results to come out, God just gave me and gifted me a peace to wait and not be anxious. Praise God that my mom was okay and the tests came back negative. But I learned something powerful, that we can experience peace even in the midst of difficulties and conflict and strife. So where do we go from here? I just want to take us to one New Testament verse before we talk about application. And if you have your Bibles open toward Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, the Apostle Paul writes about Jesus. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that being Jesus and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You see, Jesus makes peace through his blood on the cross. You know, it's one thing to experience peace in the difficult times as I wait uh, for my, my parents, my mom's cancer test results to come out. But there's actually a bigger issue at hand. For you see, the one story of Scripture is such that when God created the world, us humankind 
chose to sin and go our own way, which is what the Bible calls sin. Yet God, in His great love for us, pursued us and sent His Son, Jesus, born into conflict, lived amongst conflict, and died and rose from the dead so that whoever would believe and trust in what Jesus has done will be reconciled to God. You see, Jesus' ministry was to reconcile to Himself all things by what? Making peace through His blood shed on the cross. You see, it's His blood shed on the cross that helps us really understand what true peace is. The peace of Christ reconciling the world to God so that we can know the one true God of this universe. Over this Christmas season, if you are not a Christian or you're exploring the teachings of Jesus, I just encourage you, pick up the Bible and read uh, the Gospel of Mark and see who Jesus is for yourself. If you have any questions and you'd love to connect with us, we'd love to do a Zoom call and just hear how, what you're processing and what you're thinking and answer any questions you have. You can always click Show More and follow the link to our Connect page and just connect with us that way. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we can be reconciled and experience the peace of Christ in our relationship with God. Before our time of reflection and before I invite Pastor Andrew to share with us a benediction, I just have three thoughts to share with us. The first, recognize that it's because of the blood shed on the cross that we can experience peace. What Jesus did for us is what true peace is about. It's not some sort of feeling from within or a calm sense within our soul. It's linked to what Jesus, the gift that he has given us through his death and resurrection. Secondly, walking with Jesus can allow us to experience peace in the midst of conflict. This is key. We can experience that peace that Jesus gives us even when we are going through dark and difficult times. Whether suffering in our lives or stressful situations, Jesus offers his peace to us in those times. As we keep in step with the Spirit and walk with Jesus, we can experience the peace that comes with following him. Finally, living as people of peace will be a part of our witness in this world. In an era of outrage and cancel culture, as the left screams, as the right screams out, the people of God respond differently. We're called as a people of peace to preach and share and live out this gospel of peace about the Prince of Peace, the one who came to this earth to reconcile and bring peace in our relationship with the one God of the universe. And as we do that, I think people in our workplace, in our homes, our friends and family will stop and be, and take notice and say, wow, these Christians, they live differently. There's something about them. There's something about the peace that they have and who they are that's different from the rest of our culture. So my encouragement to you and my, my blessing to you is simply live as people of peace. Follow our Prince of Peace and continue to keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus in this Advent season. 
as we move to our time of reflection. And Pastor Andrew will join us, will come up for the benediction right after that. Just ask yourself, what is the Spirit of God speaking to you right now? And how are you called to live that out? Well, as I've been listening to the message this morning, here's what I've been thinking uh, and, and what occurs to me is that there's probably a couple different spots that you might be in as you're at home listening, uh, a couple different responses that might um, be the right response for you right now at this time. And it's probably the case that some of us, as Pastor Tim was talking about this piece, feel like we're on the outside looking in, that we're looking at uh, Pastor Tim speak about this piece and we're like, oh, I want that, but I don't have that. And that peace simply comes from having in our lives the presence of the one who is bigger than us, who loves us, and who is ultimately and sovereignly in control of the world. And if that's you this morning, it's as simple as putting your basic life trust, taking your faith, and putting it in Jesus. That's how we get in on this piece. So that might be one response that, that you need to make this morning if you're on the outside looking in to put your faith in Jesus and get in on the kind of peace that transcends our circumstances, that, that transcends our understanding, and that enables us to live in the presence of God. Now, the second response that might be applicable for you this morning is you might be in on that piece, but there's one thing I want to pick up on what Tim shared. It's the fact that now that we live in Jesus' peace, that we've received His atoning work on the cross and put our trust in Him and are living for Him, it's now uh, our calling to be people of peace, to be empowered by His Spirit, not just to receive peace, but to be agents of His peace in our houses, in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces, in, in our city. And so that might be another response that you want to think about as we move into the rest of our days, is, is Jesus, where are you calling me to participate in your peace, your peacemaking work today? And so I want to commend those two responses to you as I now send you with a blessing to go into the rest of this day and into the week. And here is my blessing comes from Numbers chapter 6. It's simply this, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in His peace. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more on us as a church and ways to connect, please visit us online at firstalliancechurch.org.